Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Watch us, love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Noon straight up here on this Tuesday, Gresham Fourier. Back in the saddle again after a, a long weekend. By the way, tomorrow at this time, you will hear the Gerard Mayo press conference right here on WEEI. Knock on some wood to make sure that uh, everything technically goes right down there. Is a, a habit of having a crappy mic cable every once in a while. Hopefully they'll uh, nail it down. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. He's brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lepresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Kern at 1-800-GET-HAIR, and by Wise Snacks. No one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks. Tommy Kern on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, good afternoon. What's up, Andrew? Uh, well, we're just trying to figure out uh, which end is uh, which end is up right here. Um, I got to start with this, Tommy. It just, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm real, 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 real wrong. But it feels like there's an element of Robert and Jonathan Kraft. I'm taking my toy back so I can play with it whenever I want to. Um, not naming a GM yet. I know timing is thrown off, but please, please tell me my instincts on the, like, we're not setting up for Jerry Jones 2.0 up here. Are we now that uh, Bill Belichick's gone? I think that the experience that the crafts had in going from Parcells to Pete Carroll, then to Belichick allowed them to, understand something that Parcells said when he talked about a rookie player. They don't know what they don't know. And I think the Crafts absolutely understand that they don't know what they don't, that they know what they don't know. You know, the Jones never really understood that. They felt themselves to be football people first. And they experienced a lot of success in being intimately involved. I think the Crafts experienced in divesting themselves themselves after the Pete Carroll era of responsibility and saying, Bill, you do it. Realize that the experience of having somebody who was a genius in football coaching and football operations for a long period of time and team building was the way to go. You defer to the football people. So when you say they're taking their toy back, yes, and then handing it off to a contingent of people who they want to empower to take the team in a different direction. 
I don't think that they have any intention at all of being involved in player acquisition, player evaluation, drafting, free agency, or spending, which over the course of time, the notion the Crafts ever said no to Bill Belichick on any one player in terms of spending is wrong. And Bill would say that himself and has said that himself. He's never been told he couldn't spend on a player. So I think that it's certainly a, a talking point, and I hate the word narrative, but it is a narrative that is embraced because of a perception of meddling owners. But in Bill Belichick, he would still be here had he not gone 4-13. and 13. He'd still be here if the drafts were better. He'd still be here if the 2021 free agent class didn't, in big big segments, go belly up with some exceptions. So that's this is kind of a year in which they want to see how, with Bill out of the ecosystem, do people respond with more latitude to do their jobs the way they see without saying, okay, we have to do this in a way the Bill wants us to do it. So, Tommy Curran, so a part of that ecosystem is the coaching staff, and it's been reported, and to be honest, I don't even know who reported it. Probably was you. Um, that uh, Mayo has uh, has offered uh, Steve Belichick and Brian Belichick to stay on staff. How important is that for Mayo to keep those two guys? I think that was Albert Breer who reported it. Okay. I think it's important. I don't know how important it is to keep those guys because, you know, I think you have to be three deep, basically, is if you're a head coaching candidate at every single coaching position. And you have to have a vision of what your staff is going to look like. And I'm certain that he understands, Mayo, that there's, a, if not a likelihood, a, a very high chance that both of Bill's sons will go where Bill goes. So keeping them is, is good because Steve Belichick's a friggin' awesome coach, as is Brian Belichick with the safeties. And that's been borne out by what the safeties have done over the last couple of years. So they're well-staffed at that position with players, and Brian Belichick's been outstanding. Steve's been an outstanding defensive play caller, and he's worked hand-in-glove along with Mayo running that defense. Mayo's at the front of the room. They both work together on game plans. They both work together in installation, and Steve's the game-day coordinator. Those guys got very close. So it doesn't surprise me that he offered the job. Will there be a plan going forward? I would imagine DeMarcus Covington figures into it prominently as a defensive coordinator candidate, but you know, I, I'm I'm not sure if the defense plummets if Brian and Steve go elsewhere, but it would be a transition period. Uh, Tommy, I, I wonder about the willingness to keep the quote-unquote bill people around. I look at Steve Belichick as a must-keep because it's one of the guys Mayo knows he can trust right away. There's no real learning curve there. But in terms of... Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels, others on staff. Where do you think the fine line is between keeping who you would like to keep, even though there is that prior association, but also kind of changing things over? Because Mayo does have to have a staff of people he can trust. It feels like there's a window. Hey, you know, we'll give you a couple of years to try to figure this out, but the clock might be ticking right away. Where do you think this all kind of balances out in terms of the Gerard and Bill people or even the willingness to keep some of the quote-unquote Bill people? I think there's a willingness on Mayo's part 
100% to keep people like Bill O'Brien aboard. Those decisions will rest with, you know, Bill O'Brien. I think that there is certainly, I've talked about it before, and it still exists. I've talked about it since last year. The, the cloak and dagger machinations that exist on this staff and have existed for a long time are only fed by continuing to keep people and bringing people back from elsewhere. Not that it's a bad idea to bring Bill O'Brien back. He's outstanding. But when you have individuals who have so much experience elsewhere, have been head coaches elsewhere, and then they come back, they come back with their own ideas of how to run things, how to how should things be managed. And you're going to ask those people under Gerard Mayo to say, all right, this first-time head coach, I might know more than and have experienced more than, are you going to support or are you going to backseat drive that individual or not trust that individual? Because here's the one thing that I, I think that we could all agree on. The Crafts wanted to keep Gerard Mayo, obviously. But I wonder how much rancor existed because he was verbally called the heir apparent and also had it written into his contract that he would be the heir apparent whenever Bill stepped out. It wasn't definitely in 2024. If Bill had had an outstanding 23 and an outstanding 24, then they would have all had to have another decision if Bill wanted to keep on. That didn't happen. But was the perception that Gerard was throughout the season in a position to succeed Bill, and that made others on the staff feel as if that wasn't the best thing for Bill's experience, does that cause rancor within the staff or mistrust or whatever? And I think that, you know, Greg Bedard's report that Mayo was rubbing people the wrong way, would he have been perceived as rubbing people the wrong way if he wasn't mentioned as the heir apparent, or would he just have been... That's no, just Gerard. That's how he is. Hmm. Um, uh, so to me, I think that you have to look long and hard at, okay, who's going to support things going forward, regardless of if we mentioned O'Brien <clears throat> and McDaniels. I think it's soup to nuts. It's personnel. It's scouting. It's coaching. So all of it factors in. Because would you, you need un- unanimous visions i'm sorry going forward would you if you were you know i mean you know mayo better than anybody like would would you think that he would want like as a support system former guys in these coordinator positions that were former head coaches like isn't wouldn't that be an asset for him to kind of but that but even with that i sit there and go oh geez and if you did do that then you have these aggressive uh you know guys who may want a job of their own some point in time i wonder if that would if that would be like a way he would go I don't know. I mean, was it what's best for the team to bring back so many different people? I think Josh McDaniels coming back after being with the Broncos and the Rams certainly showed its benefits. Was it the best thing to do to bring Matt Patricia and Joe Judge back? You know, Dante Scarnecchia came back. That was good. Bill O'Brien's been back. It it didn't yield great results, but I don't doubt that Bill O'Brien is an outstanding coach and should still have a chance to, to succeed, but I think a lot of those coaches right now are saying, well, how's this going to settle out and what's my role? Tommy, um, Gerard Mayo, as we now know, contractually had it written in, he's the next guy. There was chatter towards the end of the year that he objected to, but yet he was contractually protected. It all didn't matter in the end. But Mayo spoke up. Do we need to be aware of Mayo having his ears on when it comes to him being the head coach. That he objected to what? 
uh, the well, the reports coming out about the rubbing people wrong way. He spoke out about it, said, gee, I wonder where those came from. Almost as if he was adding to the air of suspicion around whatever was coming out. Because Mayo knew he had the Trump card the whole time, which was, hey, it's already written into my deal. I'm sure he could sense things were going badly. It's... um. I'm just curious about the sensitivity level of him now that he's going to take that step to the right and be in the big chair. Yeah, I think when you're a former player who played at the level he did, he was an all-pro, rookie of the year, outstanding player, and you were in college, you were an outstanding player, you were a first-round pick, you have done very well as an executive, returns of the Patriots were celebrated, for your coaching acumen, your way of doing things, you accelerated quickly. There hasn't been a lot of criticism of Gerard Mayo as a player or a coach over the course of his life. So he's going to have to adjust to being in as difficult a head coaching position as really you can think of anyone being. It would be harder if the Patriots had been 7-10, and 8-9, and, and they made this move. So it's an easier bar to clear to get the team headed in the right direction or to succeed what they did in 2023. But I still think that the outpouring of support for Bill still is going to continue with scrutiny toward Mayo. And and he's going to have how he negotiates that is important. I think relative to the report of him rubbing people the wrong way, I understand where he would want to clear the air and speak on it because it just continued to circle. And how has he done his job? How does he feel about that? Is it fair? And will you address it directly? And he did. So I, I see what you're saying, but holding the Trump card is one thing standing up and saying, Hey, I, I wonder where this stuff is coming from. Who do I trust in the building is also him being open. So, do you like openness and transparency, and or does that become rabbit ear? Uh, you're going to go from one extreme with Bill to the other, perhaps with Mayo and transparency. And do people look at that and say, "Well, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't know what the, I don't want to know what the head coach is thinking." So, I, I can see where one person's transparency is another person's rabbit ear or oversensitivity. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston will be on with uh, Jones and Mego on Thursday afternoon. Tom, thank you, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. My tip. There goes uh, Tommy on the uh, Harbor One hotline. I know we're going to have the big extreme, but... What do you mean? No, the big extreme of, uh, you know, we'll see how transparent Mayo is. As you've noted, he's really good at saying a lot without saying nothing. Because you guys did the interviews with him for oh, a while. Oh, no, he, he actually said, he said nothing. Right, but said a lot. Said no, a no, lot no. of words. No. Oh, or yeah, no. said, a, said a lot of words, lot of but words, there was nothing in yeah. it. I am but, curious how he handles the media. Yeah, but to me, there was, he knows the, them all. Well, there was the level of sensitivity there of the, okay, I can deal with a different level of transparency from another coach. But is it, wah, who said this about me? Wah, where did this come from? <laughs> like that's that's really where this that where that went at the end of the year with Mayo when he had the hammer. And yeah, it, it leads me to the sure, you know, is the guy's ears on when it comes to stuff like this. Because quite honestly, no, 
I, I don't really care about whether he feels usurped or wondering why this is coming out or whatever. And if it came out, hopefully he did get to the bottom of it. Hopefully he did. Or where was some of the information coming from? And does Gerard Mayo know? Eh, I really don't have to worry about this. I know where it's coming from. It's an easy uh, faucet to turn off, let's say. Or is Gerard Mayo still walking around there going, I wonder who was dogging me out at the end of this thing, looking around. There's a bit of a big difference there. And if it weighs on the mind of the guy as an assistant, if he can't figure out who was squawking, why would I not think that it's not going to be on his mind when he's in the head chair? That's why you may have a mole in the building. Hmm. Interesting. 617-779-7937. How long does Mayo really have? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to Gresh and Poirier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Only because this song sparked thought, and I don't know why. Imagine if Bill Belichick takes the job in Atlanta and all the rappers are there. Could you imagine Arthur Blank, ladies and gentlemen, here, the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Bill Belichick? Hmm. And he was like, uh, yep, a couple good conversations with Luda. Uh, got to go to dinner with Andre uh, 3,000. Is it 5,000? 3,000? Either way, I don't want to be an outcast. Ha, 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 ha. Can you imagine Bill Belichick just getting into the rap game now Mm-mm. if he goes to Atlanta? No. Come it, on. It, won't, it will be John Bon Jovi showing up in Atlanta. No, he's, he's got to go gonna the other bring, way. He's going to bring his people with him. That is what he's going to do. There was an era of uh, very bad WWE television where Vince McMahon was walking around with like a, uh, a do-rag strapped oh, to his geez. head, and he was like the champion. He even dropped a uh-huh. an N-word on television. 
Yes. Oh, and they tried to be like cool and hip and saying it and or they whatever. Tried to use Booker T for a laugh. Yeah, he tried to use that. Booker T wanted to choke him, but Book knows, yeah, those checks are pretty good. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I could see Bill Belichick like going out, hooded sweatshirt, He's got the thing tied on, tied in the back, not a They're chance. Strutting out there, it'd be great. It would, it would be great for him. The real theater would would have him in Dallas. That's where the real theater would occur. Like in Atlanta. They do have a lot of like sports stations because they're they're you know in Atlanta like even radio TV right and well they're and, half Bulldogs half Falcons well yeah but but it's like they just have a lot of them oh um, god they're, well because there's so many teams down there too that's the other thing you have Georgia you have Georgia Tech you've got you know South Carolina by you're talking SEC yeah but they yeah so I'm curious like to me okay. Where would you rather him be? If it's if we're just talking about like forget about where the best chance for him to play is. If you just wanted to kind of witness like, hey, the first time experience that the Dallas Cowboys deal with Bill or mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons deal with Bill, because it, I would say the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, uh, the Dallas Cowboys rather, um, kind of already have experienced it. Yeah, you know, it's a good question. With Atlanta, there would definitely need to be some building. And I do still, regardless of what people think, think that Bill Belichick does enjoy the build of a football team. No, but I'm talking purely. But pure, pure storyline. Storyline. Oh, my God, he's so rude. And he didn't, he didn't even know, answer my question. It's, and It's either, boy, Philly would be interesting if they got rid of Sirianni. And you and I were watching the video of the – Philly fan who went all the way down to Tampa and threw a bunch of popcorn on Sirianni and they were like, dude, get over here. And the guy tried to walk away and security ran up in the stands and, of course, uh, you know, grabbed this fellow before he could get away uh, because the Philly piece would be interesting. Well, hey, I wouldn't hey, think we Philly beat, was an option. Hey, we beat you once before, but by I'll tell you what, the people in Philly last night, on like WIP down there, WIP, and some of they uh, they were screaming for get rid of Sirianni because Bill's available, and by God, that's what you got to go do is go get someone like him to push this team over the hump and da da da. So the same team that went to the Super Bowl and you know so fine they imploded right at the end of the season they started off ten and one. Uh, I mean that happens a lot, just as much as a team starts off fast. A team like the Buffalo Bills will have like a 5% chance of making the playoffs and then win like six of the remaining seven games. And then they end up not then, – then you think about the how lucky they are. Not only do they get to host a game, and then uh, and then they get to host another one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to happen but based on, you know, who won, who lost, and how uh, they get to host a freaking playoff game. Another one, back-to-back weeks. You get another week of Tony Romo. You happy about that? Oh, I'm fine with Romo and Nance. Yeah. I know people got- – Although I will say this, and and we didn't get to it when we uh, covered the games a little bit earlier, uh, Nance and Romo found themselves stuck in Buffalo, kind of like everybody else, which led to this during the game. Yeah, we were, uh, because of a travel ban, a lot of us weren't able to even leave our hotel for three days. It was like The Shining. (laughs) In your bathroom. Here's Tony. (laughs) All work and no play makes Tony a very dull boy. Did he say in your bathroom? I think so. You've seen the movie The Shining. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Even I know the reference. No, God I know. Sakes. Here's Johnny. Yeah, here's Tony. Ah, yeah. But they were stuck in what the 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 Hampton Inn and Suites right near the. <laughs> right I will say this neighborhood. I was stayed at somebody's house. I was bitching and complaining by the fact that they postponed this game. Complaining, what a bunch of babies! This is the NFL. This is not what we do. We play. The only thing we don't play through is lightning. Yeah. I'm really badass. You should play those games after weather. Okay. Screw those people who try to want to get there and live. However, whiz all. However, you and your life. Once Football. I see, you're not letting me finish. Once I saw how unbelievably bad it was, I think they were underplaying it. It was insane. It really was. And the fact that they were actually because obviously it reminds me of the uh, the old uh, snow game because they're throwing up the snow, you know, in the air when the when the Buffalo Bills scored. It reminds me of that that old Miami game. Uh, when uh, you know everyone's uh, Teddy Bruschi's throwing the snow up in the air, we didn't know if we. I had to go south uh, on Route One, <laughs> so I had to hop over, and I was driving south because I was freaking out that me and a bunch of other players, like we, there was so much traffic, we couldn't get to the stadium. We left like four hours early, so we said screw it. We started going down south on Route One. The cops pulled us all over. Like six of us, and they when we had to tell them we were we were getting out of the car. We're like, listen, we actually play for the team, and they just gave us a little escort all the way down, going south, going southbound on a northbound highway. I gotcha. Okay, so that was. But then they actually cleared out the seats, and they actually it felt it felt like it was packed. Well, some people cleared out seats on their own. I don't know if you saw the video of the Steeler fan walking with his family where the whole row was completely snowed in. So this guy, a larger gentleman, just said, nah, you know what? I'll get I'll clear this out. And this guy just did oh, he the, walks through. I'm mushing through. Yeah. 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 And uh, Coop's got a little video up as to what it looked like pretty much like hours before kickoff. It was really crazy as to how much snow there was, but that guy just trudging through. And he's got the family behind him with the with the kid. Yeah. I would have whacked that kid or been like, don't knock the snow down, Jimmy. Because he was walking behind the dad. So there's the, there you go. There's the dad. There's the mom. Or there's the dad, the kid, and the mom. And when the dad's like powering through, sort of getting the snow out of the way, the little kid's like taking his left hand, like knocking snow on the ground. The mom's got to walk over. Let me ask you a question. Are you a, see, like, so the Buffalo Bills building a new stadium. Yeah, and they're not having a roof, but it's part. Of, it's going to be like Miami Stadium, where like part of it is covered. Like instead of the guarding guarding you against the sun, they're going to guard you against the snow. So if they have a blizzard again, they don't. At least they don't have the seats covered, right? That's well, a big pain and, in the butt. And also the walkways and stuff like that. So yeah, to the point of the like, if they build it the way Miami did, then they'll kind of cover the seats in the walkway. So unless there's blowing snow, it's much easier to sort of clear it out because that really was the big thing. It wasn't so much about getting the seats cleared. It was getting all the walkways and entryways and stuff like that cleared so people could get in the building. And then apparently in Buffalo, they just said, sit where you want. Like, I'm not they, lying. Really? Yeah, there was just I like, guess how would you know hey, where your seat is? Well, that's a, that's the thing. That's why they let everybody do the whole sit where you want deal because a lot of people just kind of scooped it out and 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 there you go. See, I I like the I like the idea of you know the elements being a home field advantage. Like I love it. I've told this story. Like I remember when we I played in the Kingdome. They imploded the Kingdome and they were building a brand new stadium in Seattle. So for two years we had to play at Husky Stadium, but. I remember when I saw the plans, I was like, why isn't there a roof over this place? 
Like, why? It rains all the time. The mm-hmm. weather's always crappy. Why don't you, well, Mike Holmgren wanted some sort of home field advantage just like he had in Green Bay. Think about it. I mean, you go to, like, it would you would just hope that you get to play in one of these teams where they have a dome. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have the guys from the south who would never played in the snow dealing with the inclement weather in the north. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I used to love it. When we played the Indianapolis Colts and we would wake up in the morning and we would see nothing but snow and sleet and ice because we knew that they hated playing in it. And more importantly, Peyton Manning loved it. It was like the best. So I'm, I'm curious. With you. Listen, the I, elements, see, I like it. No, the elements are a part of it, but I think what some of these stadiums are struggling with is they would love to have outdoor stadiums, but when it starts postponing things, now, but I mean, how often does it really happen? No, but well, you're right, but it happens enough to where you have to go to your television people who say, "Yes, I know you're paying like you know whatever it is, two hundred million a game or whatever silly number it is, but you know we kind of gotta push it back a little bit." So you know, oh, if you had the Emmys on last night, well, screw that, we're the NFL. Like you start to get into the issues with the network people to where you got to try to cut down the risk as as much as you can. I would still say, though, that that was if it's uh, games are postponed for COVID, flight, whatever. But having it being postponed because of the weather, I think, is rare. Well, here's the thing. Had had Buffalo had a domed stadium and they were going to do the travel ban. Would they have kept the game on the same day with just no fans and had them play in front of an empty building? Well, what about the because Steelers? Because they could get there. Well, the Steelers didn't get it. I well, they like were the, already there. Oh, see, were, I saw a plane landing that someone said it was the Steelers' plane, and it looked like the scene from uh, Rocky uh, Four when he's uh, fighting the Russian. He's got to go to Russia. No, I thought they were there early. That that was what I had sort of heard and read. And uh, in all honesty, Christian, it's like a three-hour drive. Like if That's you needed, true. if you needed to, those guys. Like, so what are you looking at? You're up and down in 45 minutes, yeah. an hour, maybe. It's like leaving Providence and flying to Baltimore or something. Uh, but if they needed to, hop on buses and ride up there. I mean, three hours isn't completely hideous. So there is at least that, you know, which we're relatively relative in terms of proximity. Yeah. But yeah, I just wondered that if they if they had had the pristine environment to play in, would they have just said, well. We need to play this game on Sunday because of the networks or, you know, would the Bills have been able to say, no, let's push it back, even though it's going to be a mess. So in a way, I wonder if a dome stadium might have created like it was pretty easy for the NFL to just go, well, the governor's pulled the plug on us. We'll play it on Monday. You got your plausible deniability. But if they were in a dome would the NFL said, all right, well, I guess it's just like COVID. You're taking away home field advantage in a lot of ways. It, it, it is funny. Like you mentioned the, the Emmys, like not like anybody here gives a crap about the Emmys, but I was laughing because like maybe like a week ago, well, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we read that there was that tweet about like the top 100 highest rated shows. Mm-hmm. And out of the hundred, I would say 95 of them, 96 were all NFL football games. Yep. I think that I think it was ninety six out of the hundred, and the only ones that made it that that made it was like the Oscars, and that was like sixty something. It was like award Camp, show, yeah, maybe, campaign, maybe something. the final four, something, yes, you know, yes, like something like normally that. Normally, the Saturday of the final four, not the national title yeah. game, but the Saturday, the national semifinals. Uh, 
they do pretty well ratings wise, and those are the those are the games that people stay for. Believe it or not, if you go to the Final Four, a lot of people are in on a Thursday or a Friday. You see the games on Saturday, and you kind of get out of there on Sunday because how you know there's a bunch of people who are like, here, do you want the tickets for the for the national title game? So it's always that Saturday, and it feels like that almost gets bigger numbers than the national title game. Now, I could be wrong. They're out there. Yeah. Or it's all kind of across the board, but that's another big one as well. Yeah, and that's what I was like. It was like sitting there going, nobody is even watching because you had back-to-back games, yet it was a holiday. I mean, this is another way. If I'm the NFL, I am scheduling that Martin Luther King Day like I would like a doubleheader on a Sunday. I'm owning the whole day. I'm going to own Thanksgiving. I'm going to own Christmas, I'm going to own a, uh, New Year's Eve, and I'm going to own Martin Luther King Day. If I if I could, I would stretch it to Valentine's Day if I really had my way. Well, that was the whole President's Day thing. They The the, the, the uh, NFL wants the Super Bowl playing on President's Day weekend because everybody's got Monday off and everybody's got no reason to not pay attention to the Super Bowl, go to it, and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, hey, I want to mention this because we did kind of get into it. Are we looking at three years for Gerard Mayo to get right? Are we looking at a three-year window here for uh, sort of uh, Mayo to produce something? Um, uh, I'm curious as to uh, where you land on this because Robert Kraft has very much made it very clear, and it do sounds like some of the fans are ready to build up the excuses for Gerard Mayo as he, you know, builds this thing or whatever, but what do you make of it? Yeah, so um, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because this morning I was listening early this morning and, and one of Wiggy's leads, he had multiple ones this day, and he's like, I was even going to call in. I don't think he quite understood your point about first-year head coaches. Oh, really? I don't, and I couldn't even understand what he misconstrued. I can't even. Oh, I got all it. I know is I sent you a message like, none of this makes sense. So, Wiggy, I know you're listening. If you do, call in and explain it. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk it through for you. I'll send him the graph thing that oh, I yeah. found. And it, yeah. maybe some visual help will uh, go a long way. Because the reality is, is you got three years. You got three years and that's it. No more, no less. Yeah, I would say that in some ways it's two and a half. Because if you're in the if you're an owner and you're in the middle of year three, and you're like, uh-oh, this isn't exactly going the way we thought, then to me the sand runs out of the hourglass pretty quick in year three. You better be showing something if they haven't already shown something already or else that, that sand starts to hit the bottom real quick. And even if I'm sitting there going, okay, hey, a lot of people, hey, I think everybody is openly rooting for Gerard Mayo, which I can easily see. I'm openly rooting for him, but I am – Treading very carefully because he is a fir- he's not a first year uh, he's a first year head coach that's never been a coordinator that's never run a team and I think a lot of people look at what D'Amico Ryan did and what C.J. Stroud did and be like wow he did it it should be it's pretty easy well give me give me another two years and we'll figure out where D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud are but they look like they got it right well last year Nick Sirianni according to a lot of fans was the shining example of what you won for a modern right is it a modern it's amazing they were in love with his attitude his personality his cocky nature Mm -hmm. you know his like just all that in your face young oh you're hyping and high-fiving everybody and then like now they all hate it like he suddenly forgot how to coach, and I would say he's 
he should be held more accountable for like how he handled the defensive side of the football and how that became. They just stopped playing defense. I didn't know he was going anywhere. Oh, that was Jalen Hurts when they asked him about uh, Nick Sirianni. I didn't even know he was going anywhere. And that's an even that's a quarterback. Oh, by the way, that kind of feels like he's getting his own teammates are starting to rip him and yell at him and have issues with him. Like everything, it's how quickly it'll just crumble. Oh nope, he's great. Modern guy, modern guy. He can run. He can pass. He can do everything. Modern. That's all we hear. Modern this. Modern that. What makes him modern? What Uh, what makes him modern? He's different. He runs. That's different. I've seen other running, passing. Is he because he's like a power lifter? Um, I mean, that would be the only difference because there's a hundred other quarterbacks that can run and throw. He's a great running back that plays QB. I mean, Again, just, I've seen it before. His running style is is perfect for a uh, for a running back. But oh no, Madden Generation will tell you, hey, you old NFL dink, it's the new way. By God, that's that that's that the, the, a lot of the narratives that you hear. But if I'm going to be serious about Sirianni for a second, this is a lot like with a young guy coming into the NFL. There's the question of what are they going to do with money? Will they lose themselves? Will they feel like they've made it? Will they continue to work hard? That kind of thing, right? With first-year head coaches, the complex problem-solving. And it's not necessarily all X's and O's related. It's humans. It's trying to keep people motivated. It's trying to keep them on point. Not letting something in the locker room completely divide a football team. And to me, that's the nuance that some first-year head coaches don't have to deal with, especially if they're in non-play-calling coordinator jobs because everyone else is doing sort of the harder work or the heavy lifting, and it's great that you can put together a game plan, but can you keep a team from quitting on you? Can you keep people from rolling over like a golden retriever to get their belly rubbed? Can you keep people motivated? For as much as you know, Belichick is gone – he found a way to do that till the very end. And that's where I think the difference is with a veteran coach and a first-timer. Because what will a first-time head coach do? They'll look to somebody who's been through it before, a veteran coach, somebody who's been through the fire. Hey, how do I fix this? Because it doesn't look fixable in Philly right now, does it? At the moment, it does not. But I would say it is 100% fixable. They just need to get a new defensive coordinator. Wow. They need to get rid of both guys. Keep him on the offensive side because when they made the change midway through the season, they obviously said, screw it. I don't trust Matt Patricia either. How about that? I know we got a break, but Matt Patricia, holy cow. How about that, huh? Please, just you may just need to take a – I mean, anywhere he goes, he just gets dragged. Yeah. Only the Lions have been able to overcome the stink of Matt Patricia. They did it. Because they brought in a hardo. Yeah, they absolutely did it. Who was really a hardo. Yeah, like extra level hardo. Yeah, but at least he was a player hardo. So there's a little bit of a a different connection there. Uh, Oh, man. Lighter side of sports coming up. People just don't know how to use the nature boy. The embarrassing audio from last night. And how the federal government continues to make life less fun for those of us who drive long distances every day. We'll explain it all Hmm. next. Time now. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Four, the lighter side of sports. Brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. With the two twinkle toes themselves, Crash and Fourier. Time for you to do a 180 with your weight. Call my friends at Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Make sure you uh, lock in your consultation today. Go to awaken180weightloss.com. And, of course, you can call 844-346-1800 to uh, lock in your uh, consultation now. Uh, The Ric Flair one's got a little bit of audio here. So let's go to uh, that one first. Before I get to how the uh, federal government is uh, making it uh, less funny for us to drive. Uh, uh. So I actually believe, like, did you see this live? Because I saw it and I I was like, I'm not a big wrestling guy. But I knew, I knew when I saw and heard this that most people would be really irritated by it. Well, Michelle Beisner Buck. And uh, I do believe RG3 were the ones that they put in this role to be able to manage the nature boy, Ric Flair, who was there to ceremoniously ceremonial firing of the cannons, I think before the game or something like that. And you can just tell that these people are like, oh, my God, it's the nature boy. But. They don't, they don't know what to do with the guy. This was awful. Michelle, RG, the special guest, what do you got? Well, you know what, Scott? A funny thing happened while we were on our way to the stadium today. Our boss, Seth Markman, thought he saw Ric Flair. He said, is that Ric Flair? And RG, of course, goes running after him. <laughs> and it's his buddy. And it was Ric Flair. It is. Legendary <laughs> wrestling icon, uh, icon. How great you. is it? Thanks for joining us to make. Oh, it thank you guys. Oh, God. When I saw him on the street, I went. I felt bad because I was just. I know that. I'm moving, and I was staying at the edition. Right. And lucky enough to run into you guys. So. Yes, sir. But as you know. Go Buccaneers, man. Let's go. Yeah, man. We're picking the bucks, and when you want, you want to be the man. Yeah. You gotta do what? That's right. If you want to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And right now, the man is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Woo! Woo! Oh, oh, God. Woo! That's the way to end our picks. All right. You gotta be a style and profile. Please. Live with this ride. Private jet flying. Kids stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. Holding the alligators down. Woo! Right, oh. At least RG3 got it a little bit. Michelle Beisner Buck and the whole can't even say wrestling icon. They don't know how to ID the guy. That one oh, wasn't. Okay, man. maybe they put her in a bad position, but it wasn't the whole I can. You know, it, it was that. It was that. Yeah, yeah it was that. No, it was she's like, what is way she on behind, a, a roller coaster. Trying to look cool. Like RG3 at least got it with the Nate. You know what I mean? You got to. Uh, yes. You have to. Here's the thing with Ric Flair. Oh, it's the funny. here's what we need you to do. Give him specific instructions, then turn him loose and let him do his thing on the way out and have a laugh. And but they literally Woo! just they literally just grabbed him as because he, he was the guy doing. I don't know what he, they do. They no, do the they sword do like, thing. Well, they, they do. The, it's like I think a firing of the cannons oh, or something right. before the game. It's kind of like what the Patriots try to do with the belt. Yes, exactly. And but he this had the is Nature Boy twenty three, all that stuff. Here is the thing about Flair. 
is that like he was rooting for Michigan. He'll root for Tampa. He loves Tom Brady because he was at Michigan. You know what I mean? Like, Flair's kind of a fly-by-nighter. You want to see me naked? It costs you 20 bucks. Now, that was vintage 80s Flair where he was just in control of everything (laughs) and fantastic. Uh, One other thing that I want to get to here. Have you seen what is the uh, latest from our federal government and what the United States Federal Highway Administration is doing? Yeah, you drive up and down the road, and we see this all the time, whether it's on the pike or now. Down a Rhode Island, they put in those toll gantries to where they could have the for the trucks. Okay. It's a big litigation. They tried to screw them, and the, the truck people fought back, which was smart. But over those, you know, they got like the, the digital signs that'll say, you know, uh, drive safely or drive slow, snow coming, winter conditions, da-da-da. But every once in a while, you'll go buy one, it's kind of like a joke, right? Or it'll say, you are someone's pot of gold, drive sober. Say around, yeah. uh, 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 what am I thinking of? The Irish holiday. Help me. St. Patrick's Same, Day. Oh, they do one for Cin- Cinco de Mayo. They do one for Fourth of July. I've seen them here in Mass also. Sure. There's some that are like, uh, there are plenty of Zeppeli left. Slow down. Yep. That's a very Rhode Island one. Uh, cats have nine lives, you have one drive sober, yep. that kind of deal, right? I like it. Well, according to the uh, United States Department of Transportation and the U.S. Federal Highway Administration, those are gone. In two years, apparently, beginning in 2026, why we have to wait till 2026 for this, I have no idea. But apparently you can no longer have fun with those digital signs anymore to tell people like, you know, that seatbelt looks great on you. Or (laughs) let's fill potholes, not (laughs) graves. Not allowed to do that anymore. So now we can't even drive around and get a ha-ha from one of the silly digital signs because according to the, the Department of Transportation or whatever, it is, quote, Distracting for drivers. I, I, it's funny you even mentioned that because come on, I, I kind of can easily see that being the case. What? Here's what, here's what I'll say. Uh, whenever there's, a, let's say there's like not a wreck or there's not like something that would impede like traffic flow, I always notice like a stop when there's there's like a message written uh, at somewhere on the highway, right? Where people like naturally slow down to read it. They slow down to re- even if it's like, hey, be wherever there's a storm coming, or or hey, you know what, uh, you know, ten miles down the road, or whatever it is. How about use your blinker? It that's another like one. Somebody just text that. That's in. a great that's- one. But I can easily see how that can can cause congestion. Yeah. I, no, 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 it's because tr- every time I say, why Brain is there can dress why congestion? is there why is there traffic right now? There's it's a Sunday, and sure, sure as hell, we get closer. We see the overpass has that some sort of message or there's something on the side of the road. Everybody is reading it. They're reading the stupid message. Well, that's kind of the point because if you put up there, wear your seatbelt. They drive right by it. Yeah, it's dead silence. Okay. But if, just, you, yeah, if you whatever. create some witty like little phrase or some maybe some hidden innuendo, whatever the hell you do, they causes everybody to slow down. Mm. Now, I don't know why they need to wait like two years. 
to get rid of it. Because what, do they have a bunch of slogans that they still want to use? I don't know. You're right. Maybe NHTSA has already <laughs> spent their money. Maybe, like, there's somebody in the sales, for it. maybe there's somebody in sales right now going, by God, guys, stop talking about this. That NHTSA money's already in. God dang it. They better not take uh, away the railroad crossing commercials out of this. They paid the writer. They have to get their money. I know. They're like, well, we already spent the cash. Yeah, right. We got to get, well, how long is it going to take us to use them all? Two years. All right. So we'll wait two years and then go from there. It's amazing. Or another administration will come in in 2024 and be like, we're going to reverse that. And be like, oh, boy. I do think that is like, okay, so has anyone ever gotten a wreck and blamed the signs? Oh, I'm sure. Because somebody doesn't want to pay the full boat. They get into a wreck and have to pay for someone else's car. I was reading the stupid sign. It's so long, and I couldn't understand. It was all these hidden meanings, and then I slowed down even more. When my eyes looked up, I couldn't use my brake, so I hit you. I'm really sorry. I was like, reading the sign. I was trying to be careful. Good Thank God grief. I have my blinker. The feds are just taking everything away. What else is new? Let's revolt, everybody. Top of the hour here. We're going to play a game called What Would You Do If You Were? And we have... Five football people to actually, now that I look, six football people to throw into this game that Fourier and I will play with you next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.